What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 128 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Lucas Egan, and joining me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, how are you doing? How was your weekend? It was good. It was chill. Um, did nothing Nothing really crazy to report. I did get a chance. I got an invitation to play this uh, game called Big Time, uh, which is an NFT MMORPG uh, game. Still in early access, but I, I basically met up with one of the community managers. And he kind of held my hand, took me through some dungeons. We got a couple of NFT drops, so that was cool. So it was kind of my way of learning a little more about nfts and and just being able to play it or play in a game and then be able to collect those nfts in a game i'm still not sure like about the marketplace stuff and whatnot but it was interesting and fun other than that though i didn't really do too much uh i did play like Four hours of Minecraft with my daughter, which I'm not going to lie. I actually had a blast. She she has gotten to the point where it's not just creative mode. We're actually playing the game. So that's a lot more fun for me. But uh, other than that, though, nothing, nothing uh, uh, groundbreaking gaming wise uh, that I played. So it, it was just nice to have a nice and, and relaxing weekend, not really have to do much. So it was cool. What about yourself, brother? How was your weekend, man? It was good. Relaxing as well. Uh, as I said last week, I can't recommend uh, Shredder's Revenge enough. Uh, super yes. fun game. Uh, obviously, if you can play it with friends, uh, it will add to your experience. Uh, but nonetheless, if you grew up with TMNT and you're a fan of that franchise, still fun. Uh, I almost I wish it was longer. <laughs> like I, I could I could spend <laughs> more time in that game. It's a, it's a short it's a short game, which is good if you're kind of tight on time but uh yeah, yeah. wonderful wonderful that uh, amazing uh and, and a wonderful surprise there uh but enough about us we are very excited to be joined by a very special guest this week michael ashford the ceo of the esports awards which are coming to resorts world in las vegas for the very first time this december yes. which we're all pumped about michael how are you doing my friend I am doing amazingly and more so for being with yourselves. So thank you for having me on. I know it's been uh, some good time coming, right? Since we did the announcement of the fact that we are moving to Las Vegas and the incredible resorts world, which we are still absolutely stoked about. And I think is just starting to settle in what that means going forward. And the fact that we'll be the first mainstay and marquee award ceremony of the brand new resorts world is something that we're super excited about but i think just excited for the whole industry as well that like video games and competitive gaming have got us to this point where we get to be like the marquee of the highest yes. property on the strip right it's pretty crazy it is it is and and we can't wait to dive into it real quick i guess I've, i'm kind of curious about this when you guys announced the city right and now there's the kind of like that final build-up getting all the the show prepped and all that what is that stretch of time between like starting to build that hype and then getting everything together for uh, December for everything to run smoothly. It's um, it's busy. If I'm honest, it's uh, <laughs> it's a busy time. 
we yeah. uh, we put a lot of work into the program and i think the the attention to detail is one thing that stands as a part as well right like we've done this since 2016 we got to do three incredible years in london three incredible years in arlington caveat one of them was digital right covid um and now we're moving on to vegas which is the next big adventure so there is a ton of work that goes into every facet of the experience across it and one of the things that's really evolved with the awards is that it stopped being an event at some point and started to be a platform more so than anything and that's something we like to live true to is that we've almost became a voice for recognition for an entire industry and what we Mm -hmm. can't do is just do that on one night in the calendar we have our play of the month competition that pretty much runs year-round in which we showcase the biggest and best plays across competitive gaming there's a winner every month and then the ultimate definitive best play then gets crowned in december at resorts world at the esports awards Um, and then there's all these different facets that come in with the different groupings of awards such as our entertainment categories our industry categories our pro our on-air talent and our creative that go live throughout the year and with that comes a lot of work in doing the diligence working with our panel building out how it all works and the different showcases with the shows so um we did our first show obviously at results world for the reveal in which nominations went open and then sequentially every month from now until december we have around a two-hour special that will unveil different finalists and sort of showcase what's going on which is pretty cool amazing and and we can't wait to take a deep dive into that yeah uh and we will hear. But first, of course, we've got to get into some news. And it wouldn't be a show without getting an announcement after this show already airs. So obviously, this is going to be all speculation. But we did get and we found out. We know that last week, uh, Nintendo did a uh, direct uh Primarily and, and focus on Xeno, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We are now getting a direct as of June 28th, which is yesterday as of the re- release of this podcast um, from Nintendo. And this is going to be focused. This is going to be exciting because it's going to be focused mainly on third party games and and uh, uh, games of that nature. So there's not a lot that I can really think of third party wise that I can sit there and be like, Oh, I can't wait. Or I'm really hoping that they announce uh, this game or, or that game. I'm just excited to see what they have. One thing that we know, and we always talk about it, Nintendo, they march at the beat of their own drum. So there's no telling what they could possibly uh, be announcing or what the big thing is. I'm wondering, maybe I know this is going to be primarily focused on third party games, but I would be, rather shocked if we didn't see something on breath of the wild 2 i would love to see a little more from that some sort of gameplay we've gotten some limited views of it but we really haven't gotten much um so i I, i'm guessing that they are starting to get towards the home stretch and they may not though i you know i i say that i i'd be surprised if they didn't uh put something on there from there but they also might wait because that's kind of a large gap from we're at the end of June, beginning of July until next year. So to reveal something now, it's going to bring that hype up, but then you get it's going to cool off and temper off as the year goes on. So they may wait on something in terms of that, but I'm really excited to see what they've got going and, and what they have planned. 
I know that uh, I, I can't imagine that they would have any kind of hardware stuff. I know we got the OLED last year. So unless they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we got the Switch Pro, um, which <laughs> I don't think is happening. Um, I, I think it's it should be uh, just just a good event to see basically what they've got planned for the rest of this summer and then the rest of the year and kind of lay out a little roadmap as far as some games that we'd be able to get excited for for the future here. So I don't know if there's anything on your docket here, Lucas, uh, in terms of games. You know, I'm assuming we're going to see Mario and Rabbids 2 or whatever the title is now. Um, Mm. I I think that should be a pretty safe bet. Uh, I I actually am am really curious to see uh, what they show because – uh, the Switch has become a, such a great platform for third parties, and they, they tend to, mm-hmm. to showcase a, a lot of really quirky and, and unique titles. Uh, so just in general, I'm excited for that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, kind of looking ahead for the end of the year, if we got another Direct in like September or October to kind of mm-hmm. line up their big first-party uh, holiday releases. Uh, so, you know, right. I, I think uh, Nintendo's in, in a pretty... Uh, it, they're in a different spot than than Microsoft and Sony, right? You know, right? We we had mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I think, that Nintendo has mm-hmm. been like the one company that, even through the pandemic, you know, their first party titles are are tending to to release on time. Breath of the Wild being the big exception there, uh, but right. so they're in a pretty pretty good spot, I think, overall that that they can focus on third parties for this one, uh, give them a chance to shine, come back this fall, and really hit the first party titles again. So I think overall they're in a in a nice unique spot and uh hopefully we see some 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 fun unique third-party titles yeah michael is it is there anything that uh ha- has you possibly chomping at the bit here uh for switch or or do you play much switch um so so not as much as i'd like to if i'm honest mm-hmm. like I, I grew up on nintendo as most of us did got to play yeah. all the big titles along the way but these days sadly my time is limited to pc gaming but yeah. i think i'm excited for it as a response as a whole because what we're seeing at the moment is the first clash of cultures that nintendo mm-hmm. has had where they've actually had a competitor in their space which we haven't seen right for a long long time probably since the psp was the last one i can think of where you Mm -hmm. have the steam deck um, and they have shortages right like not everyone can get their hands on one but it exists and now nintendo almost have to answer in some ways to the fact that hey there's another portable games console out here so it's almost looking at what are the things that were planned anyway and what are some of the knee-jerk reactions as mm-hmm. we get towards the sort of the next big Steam Deck drop that um, comes up. But I, I did have one question to pose back, actually, which has been going around our office and something we all ponder as we evolve as an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've typically always had our different award categories for PC gaming, for console gaming, and for mobile. But now mm-hmm. with the hypermobility of consoles such as the Nintendo Switch and the steam deck when do we get to the point where actually like consoles as a whole start blurring into that mobile category right because that, that's what we're starting to see is you can have a pc in your pocket or you can have right. this handheld when, mm-hmm. when does the switch get classed as a mobile device rather than a console device yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a great question. It's funny that you that you pose that question too, because I literally had a conversation with a buddy of mine uh, here here this past weekend, where I was calling it a console, and he's like, "It's not a console," and I was like, "What do you mean it's not a console?" It's like hey, I, I can hook it up, and I can see it on my TV and play off of that. He was like, "No, it's not a console," and I was like, "Okay, sorry, my bad." <laughs> it is an inter- interesting question because I I 
play my Switch uh, almost exclusively in handheld. Uh, there, you know, obviously mm-hmm. there are certain games like Breath of the Wild where I make a point uh, to hook it up to my TV and, and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah, that's an interesting question because I almost view the Switch as uh, a mobile platform first or handheld platform first with the ability mm-hmm. to hook up to your TV. Kind of like you can do, you know, you can play Apple Arcade on your Apple TV, but most people play it on their, their right. iPhones or iPads, right? So, I got, yeah, I don't know. That, that, interesting, but I think, like, in my mind, we're almost there. <laughs> like, there's just yeah. naturally, it I feel like that that's way, how right? Yeah, and I think one, one, one thing we're seeing that's maybe different is actually, like, how you play or what you play is almost mm-hmm. influencing what kind of device it is rather than whether it's docked or on the go. It's almost the connectivity, right, of it. Mm-hmm. Is it a cloud-based game? Is it something I can play exclusively online? Do I have to download? Is it app format? Because I think with Switch, like, the big thing that differentiates it from mobile is it is something that you can and you do realistically play on your own, like you're playing mm-hmm. titles that you just want to play for your own habit. Whereas whenever you play a mobile game, there's a good chance you're either spending a ton of money on microtransactions usually, right. um, or you're playing with other people. There's always a team-based or an online and engaged component to the games that you play. So maybe we'll find like an evolution of subgenre rather than bucketing consoles and PCs. Yeah, I, you know, that, I mean, that's such a great point, too, because I never really thought about it that way either. And the fact that it really largely does come down to what game I'm playing and how I play it. Uh, like Lucas was saying, like a Breath of, Breath of the Wild, I ex- almost exclusively play it on the TV. However, I have other games like, uh, no, I'd probably play that on, uh, I'd probably play it on TV as well. But then I have other games that I play strictly handheld with it. Because a lot of times for me, I'm playing the Switch either when I'm traveling or I'm away from the house. And then when I'm back at the house, you know, it's sitting on that dock for the most part. I'm not really playing mobile because, again, I have a PC. I have PlayStations. I've got I've got too many games at this point. So it starts sliding down uh, the the tier list, I guess, on on what I'm playing. But then if there is a game and a lot of times too, the games that I'm purchasing, I'm noticing play well as, you know, on handheld. So I, I do tend to lean more towards all right, I'm going to play this on handheld, but I'm not really playing a ton of it uh, just because a lot of the times I'm I'm playing it when I'm traveling. But when I'm at the house and I've got all my things and all my toys, uh, <laughs> it's not getting as much unless other people are on all the other devices. Then I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to pick up my Switch and <laughs> start playing so I can get my fix. But <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And, and, and you know, it, the, the, the video game space really is evolving where, where you've got Steam decks, you've got these Switches where, I mean, you basically have a PC in your pocket. Um, so it'll be interesting interesting to see how it evolves my one major concern with the switch in nintendo has to be their online play uh their online play is not the greatest and i would love to that'd be interesting if if maybe they they brought something up uh, in terms of that as well because i can't imagine that they don't feel that a little bit i know that i know that uh, uh players and and gamers uh, other people talk about it. I know I've talked about it, but I've had a rather 
undesirable experience playing online with it at, at times, certain games. Um, but I know that they've also kind of almost almost looked to try to alleviate that a little bit. I know this newest dock has a land port in it, which I think would definitely help because it's hard trying to do that stuff when you're doing it on Wi-Fi. If you don't have a strong, solid connection, you're not going to have a favorable experience. So I would love to see, uh, especially as we get more into these handheld systems, I would love to see more out of their online play and being able to get better connections and better speeds and just have a a little more of a positive experience experience in those terms but um yeah we'll see we'll see how they how they continue to evolve and and how it continues to evolve the gaming space because we also know too that um cloud gaming very much is is more and more people are investing in it and and dropping games and doing things and there's some that i've had great experiences with and other cloud gaming experiences have have not been so hot so uh, I, I'm just excited to see how how they continue to grow it and how it changes um, the the gaming space in general. Yeah, Nintendo Nintendo for some reason is always lag behind pretty pretty badly with their online experience. Uh, mm. Yeah, the downside of them marching to their their own the beat of their own drum is sometimes they miss the boat <laughs> and yeah, it yeah. takes them forever to change, but. Uh, oh well. Hope, hopefully, this was a very good direct. I hope everybody enjoys it, uh, and uh, hopefully, ex- expectations are realistic. Don't don't go expecting like a super a lot, uh, but uh, right. I'm sure it'll be solid. Yeah. Uh, switching gears here. Obviously, we got uh, this. Is just absolutely mind blowing to me, uh, and I'm, I'm sure to a lot of people. Um, but uh, uh, the board over at uh, Activision Blizzard um, just renewed Bobby Kotick for another year, uh, which is really, really perplexing, especially the fact I mean, so much has 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 come out to light since uh, Activision Blizzard has, you know, there, there's been all kinds of uh, uh, claims uh, in terms of uh, uh, harassment and, and work environment. Um, I mean, that's just to, to name a few. For me, this all starts with the, with the, the top of the, the food chain. You know, it, it starts with the, with the person in charge to be able to um, enable an environment and enable um, things like this to happen uh, throughout their company. So it, it's just it's it's crazy to me to think that the board went ahead and said, you know what, he's the guy we're gonna we're gonna keep for another year. Now to to kind of look at the other side of things, and this is the only way I can think that that he is staying on is that. Perhaps through the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard um, deal, I know a lot of times, and again, I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on uh, with them, with the, the sale and purchase of the company. But there are times in contracts where when you're in the middle of a deal, you can't make any kind of major changes. And that includes like uh, employees, um, obviously the CEO and things of that nature. So that is the only thing I can think of as to why they didn't say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and move on and move forward. 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know that he's necessarily doing any actual work in the background. They may you know, he might just be the guy that they that they keep up there. But of course, somebody else is and, and other people are, are doing the actual running and operating of the company. What I'm hoping, you know, once that deal does go through it and, and I say hoping and I really think I, I, I feel that this is kind of how it's going to go is that Microsoft will then once they take control, we'll say, all right, bye bye, Bobby, uh, you got to go. And, and then we'll move forward because I just don't know how that company moves forward uh, with such, with, with that stain and all that dirt and, and, and just the same, the same person that enabled um, all this, all this terrible stuff to happen. I imagine that Microsoft is going to go in and clean that up. I hope so, because I think otherwise it would be terrible. But I kind of feel like there's that trend where we're almost seeing it, too, where um, where we have, you know, Microsoft and Bethesda. And then we had, uh, you know, there's a Starfield announcement and all that stuff It's supposed to be coming out this year. And then and we all knew that wasn't going to happen. However, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like that was also Microsoft saying, whoa, pump the brakes this isn't even close to to being ready or we're not going to pretend like this is you know we're going to just ship this we all saw how fallout 76 went i feel like uh and i always feel for bethesda fans because i feel like they did their uh their fans dirty with that fallout 76 drop i know it's in a much better place now but to ship it the way that it shipped i mean shoot even even the the uh the bags and like the the goodies you're supposed to get from the extra stuff that you that you purchase uh, was trash. So, you know, Microsoft, I feel like Microsoft stepped in and, I, and I'm hoping and I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't do the same thing uh, if they are able to push through with the Activision Blizzard um, sale. And I'm guessing the first the top thing on that list will be getting rid of Bobby. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out in terms of that. What are your thoughts, Lucas? Yeah, it, oh, if if Microsoft push through that deal and they didn't remove him that would that <laughs> uh the, the rage <laughs> of the internet would would be real and and justified mm-hmm. of course uh in this case i mean you know ryan you bring up a good point that maybe it's because uh because of this potential deal that they might not be able to make any like really big changes that would mm-hmm. really be the only logical thing in my head because otherwise right why would you want to keep that association and keep uh, that in, in the news cycle, right? If nothing else, from a PR mm-hmm. standpoint, it's it, that's a tough move. Like that's <laughs> you're inviting more criticism, much of it valid. Uh, so I uh, disappointed, disappointed. Uh, probably not super shocked. I mean, corporate uh, America just seems to sometimes ignore what everybody else sees as like the right thing or, or the, uh, mm-hmm. the justified choice. But, um, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see. It is. It, it really is. And I know that it, it deeply, I mean, yeah. Talk about just, I mean, that just, it's, it's almost, it's, it's like putting Sultan in an open wound. You're just like, there's all this. Stuff. I mean, this is, and this is coming after, after their, uh, their self investigation where they found no wrongdoing, which is just 
I mean, come on, buddy. That's just that's just crazy. So again, it is just I just feel like as a company, they are really hurting their own reputation. Um, and then gaming wise, we've had struggles with the uh, the last uh, Call of Duty. Uh, what was it, Vanguard? that came out hasn't necessarily been as well received. We know that we're getting Modern Warfare 2 um, here in a couple of months. <coughs> Excuse me. Not a couple of months. Uh, here in the fall. So I, I feel like, it, and, and with how light the game drops are going to be this fall, a lot of the spicy stuff that had recently been announced that was going to, or that had been announced that was going to come out has been pushed back to 2023. So I feel like the door is open for them to be able to kind of recapture some of that stuff and, and, and some of those fans, but it's hard to want to go back knowing um, everything that's happened and, and, you know, the board going ahead and saying, we're going to keep this person in that leadership position. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Number one on sales, because I know I've, I've got friends that deeply, deeply love Overwatch. Uh, we've talked about Overwatch 2 and they're not going to touch the game uh, until until uh, he's been removed. I posed a separate question to them. And, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this, Lucas. Um it basically, for me, and you know, I love, I love me some Overwatch, right? Um, and I said I will continue playing it, and I do plan on playing Overwatch too. For me, it's there are a lot of people that are that have worked on this game or are working on this game that had nothing to do with any of the shenanigans uh, that went on. And, you know, for me, it's just it's it's like, oh, man, it's like I don't want I want to be able to it's hard to to have that kind of separation. And I understand it and I completely respect uh, people that are like, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm not messing with that company. I'm not giving them any money. I'm very much in that boat. I will not throw any money uh, at them in, in terms of that. Uh, until there have been some serious changes that have been made. But Overwatch 2 is now free to play, at least the PvP portion of it. So, And we know that we're not going to get PvE until sometime next year. So for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll still play it. Is that something? I'm curious to know, Lucas, where you kind of lie on that. Is that something where you're like, you know, I'm not going to touch it. I'm good on that. Or... Are you like, yeah, I can separate a little bit and and I'll still play. I just won't financially um, support them, especially if it's going into his pocket. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's a tough one. I, I generally yeah. have fallen in with uh, I don't want to punish everybody else that worked on a project. Uh, so mm-hmm. I I am I try my best to separate the two. Um, I think an example is, is with Harry Potter. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to uh, allow controversial statements to kind of like Robbie what that series meant to me growing up uh, or mm-hmm. of, from like future uh, enjoyment of projects like like Hogwarts Legacy that has uh, nothing to do with her. Um, so mm-hmm. like, like in those instances, I, I try my best to say, you know what, thousands of other people worked on a project. They're all good people. Uh, and it would, you know, taking out anger on them negatively affects their livelihoods. 
uh, and through mm-hmm. no fault of their own. So I think that's where the, the part that I'm always conflicted about. So I always, I still try to support. It's it's different if it were like an actor, right? Because the actor is then in your face in the project, mm-hmm. and that I actually do struggle with more. If it's if it's behind the scenes stuff, I, I just try and and give the benefit of the doubt to the rest of the team and support the rest. Because you know what, they're they're now facing trauma both from working at the company slash now this project right. we just spent years working on is, is thrown up in the air, uh, which can affect their pay uh, and their you know maybe future prospects in in the business so i don't know that that that's fair uh so i try my best to 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 walk that line and separate the two yeah yeah no i i i totally agree it is it is kind of one of those gray areas where it's just like ah oh, i really got to see here and think about how I feel about this or is this something that that I'm okay with but if you are the the uh, beta for Overwatch 2 begins also tomorrow uh, <laughs> uh, the the 28th uh, we've getting we're getting the Junker Queen and we're getting a new map as well so it, it's it's crazy because I, I I'm excited about it, but it has tempered my excitement a little bit just because it's marred in this controversy and 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 these negative things. Um, and I, I totally get it. Whichever way that you land in terms of how you feel about the company or or the games, um, you know, I, I, I respect whatever whatever somebody uh, and how somebody feels about it and how whether they want to support or they don't resport or don't want to support. Um, I, I can understand both sides. But uh, you know what? Let's I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, that stuff is obviously still ongoing. There's still going to be more stuff. I'm just ready for Microsoft. I'm ready for that deal to go through so then they can move forward as a as a company and hopefully not only culturally and within their work environment, but also what they're producing, the games that we get from them. So uh, there's still positive to, to look forward to out of that situation. But let's take a quick commercial break. And then we're coming back, speaking with Michael, everything esports awards at Resort World. We talking about it, y'all. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the episode. Michael, as, as we stated earlier, uh, super pumped for the Esports Awards to arrive in Las Vegas on the Strip, no less. Uh, and I kind of want to start there. Uh, what was the process like to bring the Esports Award here? And what made Resorts World stand out? Like, What made them the right property to bring the show? It's a very good question, and I think there were so many factors that went into the decision. There's there's not like a chemistry set that we could recreate it with. It was the right time in the right place at the right moment, sort of mm. brought everything together at once in the only circumstance that it could have really played out in the way we wanted it to, and that's ultimately where we uh, we netted out. So I promise I'm not trying to uh, appear dark and mysterious <laughs> in it. It's more just uh, <laughs> a case of really balancing out, like how how did this come to be and what meant 
to us and to them. Uh, but what I can say is it's always been a coveted location for us. Since we first put the awards together, there are these golden opportunities of where we feel the awards could fit or where it could call home. Um, and Vegas ranked very, very highly. In the US, there was maybe three or four in total that would have always been a a sure thing or a must have within 10 years. So to mm-hmm. net out in Vegas in year seven is an absolute dream come true for us. And something we're still having to really soak in and take in on a day-to-day basis to make sure we live up to everything we want to live up to and we do it justice. But I, I think there's an allure uh, and esports and competitive gaming sort of goes hand in hand with um, best in class entertainment and Vegas is not short of it by a, a long stretch. And a lot of the, the teams and the players and the old guard um, certainly grew up on going to play at lands, mm-hmm. which were coupled with good gambling spots and locations so they could have fun in the casino, let off some steam and relax in a neutral setting. Uh, and that's something that we've got to offer in Vegas. Resorts World is honestly a dream come true again. Like It's one of those things that you always dream of is being the first to be able to put your mark on a destination and on a venue and location and that's what we've got with the resorts world we have an incredible canvas of 4.3 billion dollars of investment to bring the awards to and create the marquee award show for resorts world in the esports awards and I'm a, I'm a big fan of our values which are recognizing excellence creating legacy and honoring industry and it hits every pillar But the biggest one and the one that we always focus the most on is around creating legacy. And that's something we can do with being the first award show at Resource World in our genre. Um, We're going to be able to do some really cool stuff. We believe on growing iteratively. Um, year Mm -hmm. on year so that year one will always be the blueprint and then from there we can continue to build to own our craft and deliver bigger better more exciting things the longer we stay in vegas you know you talked about uh having it kind of be a dream come true being in vegas within you know in year seven there what was there something that you guys started to realize last couple years that thought you know we're ready for the glitz and the glamour. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like when, when a show comes to the strip, especially, uh, it's, it's, it raises the stakes, right? You, we've seen just, just in, in the past couple of months this year, the NHL All-Star Game, the NFL Draft, all that, and like the reception and the crowds and the enthusiasm that that brings uh, when, when they came here. Like, so was, was there a, a stretch of time that you started to, to, to say, you know what, I think it's time that we could consider coming out to Las Vegas, that we're ready for that kind of... Um, uh level that that you know being a strip headliner kind of kind of demands yeah it's um it's something that you always hope to be able to live up to and i think i think people would be lying if they didn't say like there's always that thing in the back of your mind that itch of wanting to be able to pull off a las vegas show Um, Mm and no matter what your event is no matter what bucket you fall into there's an allure of it right it's um it's an adult playground it's it's a magical adventure rolled into a city and um it it was an exciting premise for us and i think we we first became aware that our current deal with arlington was coming to an end during the pandemic at a time where there were no hotel rooms being filled we were all at mm-hmm. home we, we couldn't do a physical show we were online or using cgi and uh, losing a lot of sleep along the way um, <laughs> as we tried to work out how you build a city in cgi that you can call worthy of some of the most incredible winners we've ever had at that stage and uh 
it was a lot of fun. And then we came into the last year in Texas and we were so aware that things had evolved from the 2019 awards to being in 2021. People were more demanding um, of the experience they were going to have if they're going to travel to a destination, if they're going to leave their safe places and get on a plane. They want to know that what they're going to is one, going to be an incredible experience, but is two, is going to deliver on more things than it had to previously. And that's when we really developed this premise and this concept of the esports awards as a multi-day and multifaceted event that caters to individuals, groups, teams, everyone with different experiences and stories. And Arlington was amazing. We were so lucky to work with the Arlington, Texas Convention and Vistas Bureau on building out what that experience could look like um, for that audience at that time. So over the weekend, we were doing all these really cool stuff from go-karting championships with the CEOs of all the teams to closing mm-hmm. down a six flags so that 25 content creators could go around and basically oh. have that experience every kid dreams of. No queues, <laughs> unlimited midway games and all these really cool things. Uh, we had a clay pigeon shooting tournament to see who's got the best accuracy in real life. And obviously we had, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, um, awesome. we test the boundaries. We test the boundaries. Um, and we obviously had our first ever major golf tournament in the eSports Awards Open powered and presented by the golf and gaming club which was a full 18 hole texas scramble that was won by nature and bryson dechambeau tell me any other scenario or circumstance in the world where you can say nature and bryson dechambeau <laughs> in the same <laughs> sentence in the same event and uh, i don't know it's uh, it's crazy it's surreal at times to sort of think of in those ways and and, and that's what this became it became something to everyone because it offers something to everyone there are different ways of enjoying your time alongside that we also had a two-day business conference there is an escape if you want it so that you can just relax and Mm -hmm. recharge your batteries at the end of the year and then everything is ended and eclipsed by the esports awards ceremony which is the curtain drop of the competitive gaming season so no matter what story no matter what journey you took in texas you all came into the ceremony you got that chance where we actually sat there and said hey we've had a good year here we're all still in business we've done something pretty impressive and we got to celebrate each and every person's achievements because yes there are the winners but there are also the nominees who are just as deserving but maybe didn't get the hat tip this year the Mm -hmm. also are equally worthy of merit which is what this thing is all about so you bring them all together they have this once in a lifetime experience then they have the culmination which is the esports award ceremony and it's one of the it's probably the only agnostic holistic platform now in the industry where you get all the publishers all the teams all the tournament organizers in the room at the same time and where we actually say you know what it's not you versus me it's us versus sports or it's us versus music or it's us versus film um, Mm -hmm. as a vertical. And I think that's a pretty cool place to be. So going back to the the original question and on my long winded answer, (laughs) we've built this platform that allows people to experience it in so many different ways and plan out the journey. But what it did do in Texas is mean that we had to create every element of that journey and every touch point had to be controlled by us from the shuttles through to the venues and all the different things. 
that mm-hmm. meant that you're facilitating all of these different elements. Uh, whereas Vegas is a very, very different concept and everyone gets to create their own story and journey that's catered by some of the best event organizers and entertainers on the planet, right? When you mm-hmm. fly in and you put your bags in your room, you then have a sandbox of adventure to go and tap into where we can still complement it and we can run our own events and we can build out best in class entertainment ourselves. But you can also go and tap into any of the incredible shows on the strip, any of the incredible culinary experiences that it's a place like no other. If at 4am you want to go to a restaurant and get food, you still can. And I think (laughs) that's part of the um, allure and the magic of what Vegas can offer to the awards uh, that probably nowhere else can at this stage. Yeah, and that is super exciting. Just the fact that that you guys are are out here. Um, there is a ton to do out here, and and it really is complimentary to being able to. Not only are you having the awards, but then building out of events and different things that people can do as they travel here in town. Let me ask, is is, is there anything that you can share uh, that you guys have plans to do out here or what what can one expect going uh, coming out here and, and going to the award show and really just kind of making an event out of the whole thing? Uh, a lot of fun is uh, first and foremost. We, uh, <laughs> we try and for a good party. That's a, a good thing that we try and um, build out to. Um, but I think there's um, there's a lot still in progress that we're trying to pull off. And if we do, we'll take this to another level entirely. Um, but what we do know is that we're bringing back the three-day format. So day mm-hmm. one, we will have the Esports Awards Open presented by Golf and Gaming Club. Um, it's going to be a big, big tournament. We have a very good course lined up for it, which we're super excited for. Uh, it's going to be hyper competitive if last year is anything to go by. Um, so we're going to have to be on our game as much as we possibly can to make sure everything stays above board, you know. Um, and then day two, we will have our lifetime achievement mixer, which has became a very important part of what makes the esports awards what it is today. So being able to showcase and give thanks to those that allowed us to basically pave the way to working in esports and gaming full-time which is Mm -hmm. a super super important piece for us Um, alongside that there'll be the business conference and these opportunities to network with some of the biggest influencers and pro players across the scene and then day three will be the full esports awards show and it's going to be an incredible showcase of resorts world and gaming as a whole you can expect everything you can expect from a traditional award ceremony you'll have the red carpet the glitz the glam the gala everything you'd expect but instead of beyonce walking that red carpet you've got scum which is (laughs) much much better in my opinion and and that's something we all identify with right it's like these guys Mm -hmm. are the rock stars of our generation and we get to share any evening with them understand what they're going through what they went through to achieve what they did in the season and then i just think the way we create and cater the content is such an important part like last year we showcased a year in esports which is a piece of content we create every single year and Mm. to hear that buzz in the room was almost a moment of its own because there was electricity in the air as people reacted to 
the return of Halo, albeit mm-hmm. short-lived. No, no one slate Halo now, but it was short-lived. <laughs> if we knew now what we knew back then, it might not have been as loud. But, 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 but seeing that very real buzz to see people like living for Halo again, like a room of 600 people who are all in huge companies and important roles, and they're mm-hmm. excited, they're giddy with excitement because Halo's on the screen, and, and then you have like Arcane on the screen, and suddenly it's the same thing, and you realize, actually, all these people share the same interest as me and all these people have grown up the same way i have ultimately is uh, it's a pretty cool thing um so there's there's a lot to look forward to number one is obviously vegas as a destination let alone is something that's exciting resorts world has more to offer in a weekend than you'll be able to get through and then mm-hmm. thirdly it's a catered curated program that will be running over the three days that means that there will always be something to do if you want to do something now, and, and let me ask real quick, too. Is this something that are, are you guys going to be uh, also streaming this stuff or how if people aren't in Las Vegas, is there uh, anything that you guys have planned or how can people still be able to tune in and, and check out all the action? Yeah, so if you are in Vegas, this will be the first time in three years we're able to welcome general admission back. Uh, yes. Do make sure you come down and check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a, a pretty cool venue. Um, I believe we have some of the most competitive rates in Vegas for that time of the year at Resorts World. So it's uh, the best excuse you can have to go and check out Resorts World, enjoy a, a night nice stay, as well as watch the show itself. If not, it's just as much fun to watch online. We really build a really good broadcast, so we'll be live. Live on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and all the usual suspects. Love you it. know, welcoming General Mission back has, has got to be such a uh, an exciting feeling. Uh, you know, the, the, just the extra buzz that you're getting from from some of the the biggest fans out there, and for them, you know, going the other way, this is a chance for them to see and, and you know possibly interact with with people that they admire and respect. So, having that kind of two way energy, how big is that to have that back this year? It's huge. It's such a huge part of the overall thing. And for, for, for me and most of the people at the Esports Awards, we are fans first. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we all grew up watching these people play video games. Like, I, I'm a failed League of Legends player, effectively, <laughs> is my background, <laughs> uh, which is a great CV star, right? That's good for the resume. Um, right. But, but, but that's effectively it, is I grew up at a time wanting to be a pro gamer, got to like top 0.75%, and then oh, wow. had that dawning realization that actually, despite everything I've put into this, I'm not good enough. And watching some of the best players in the world at 0.01%, um, mm-hmm. and knowing how much that takes puts you in a mindset where you can be a fan and enjoy and consume in that way and at the same time follow and go to all these tournaments and go to league of legends world championships and stuff and know how much of an important part that is in the journey for the next generation right as they come through to have that inspiration and that want and one of the coolest things for me as we've grown this business is having people reach out to me and say hey just so you know my number one goal is to win an esports award someday I'm going to be on your stage and I'll be lifting your trophy. And I'm like, if we can inspire one person to do that, then something is going right. Oh, sorry. The, sorry, go ahead, Lucas. The local scene out here uh, in Vegas, you know, I think is, is growing and blossoming uh, both through some local organizations. Uh, and then, of course, you have like the arena on the other side of the strip at the Luxor. Uh, so what do you hope to see from the Las Vegas esports scene? You know, how, how would you like to see them get involved? And have you kind of, started to, to gauge the excitement level locally or, or is that something that, that you're, you're looking to kind of see build as, as we get closer? 
I think it's coming. I think there's there's always an identity piece of understanding, like, what does this mean to me that we're having to build out, which is the education piece of how can we deliver an experience and why should you trust us, right? We've just turned up in your backyard and we're saying, hey, come and see what we're doing. You're like, hang on, I've lived here forever. You're the newbie. You tell us what what's what. <laughs> um, but I, I think we can deliver a lot of value and we're seeing a lot of people take this seriously and get quite excited about it locally. We've got very good relationships with HyperX and obviously the esports arena down there and different people locally that can get involved and engage in a way they haven't been able to and that's one of the things with texas is people felt at times maybe it wasn't as accessible or wasn't something they were able to travel to well now Mm. it's it is here and is something that you can access and go to so um it'll be a lot of fun We're, we're hoping to build a really cool fan experience um, and almost an indoor tailgate is the ambitious uh, line at this point. Ooh. So there'll be plenty to do, plenty of different ways to showcase your skills as well as recognize some of the best players in the world. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I love about esports too is that I may not be good enough to get to that level, but I can understand what they are doing and on a very minuscule level, you know, how they're feeling uh, because I've played the game as well. So it's so uh, it's it's just so nice to be able to have something like that here. And I, I think personally, because you have and I don't know if a lot of people realize it, but there is a very there's a big following video game wise out here and like lucas was saying we've got multiple teams out here we've got uh uh, arenas uh that are out here and vegas is really and i've been saying it for years now vegas is is i I feel like they're lining themselves up to be a gaming and esports hub uh for the world so this to me is just more proof having something like the esports awards here and i know you guys are putting on major major production this is not something that is easy to do, folks. And there is a lot of, of time and planning that goes into this. So I'm just personally so excited to see what the experience is going to be like, what you guys all have planned and lined up and and just to kind of immerse myself in, into that world and, and be a nerd here in, in the city. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. It absolutely is. And we are working very hard to make sure it's the uh, experience of a lifetime for everyone. Um, and it's something we love to do. Like We love to see it when we go to a new place is how we build that unique but also authentic experience so that locals mm-hmm. can also showcase what makes their state so special to them in that process as well. So when we were in Texas, it was authentic to Texas and Arlington Mm -hmm. and some of the different tropes. And we were very lucky to have Matt Wilson from the Arlington CVB really embrace this and get behind us. So he is a larger than life personality and a true cowboy. And he got on stage and he presented an award and he spoke at everything we did. Um, And I think that's what people like is they like to be able to identify the cultural relevance of a destination to esports. So like you said, you have these unique um, parts of Vegas that are now esports native, right? From Mm -hmm. the arena to some of the groups that have already reached out to us to the Las Vegas Inferno. And it's nice to be able to showcase what you're doing to the global audience. I mean, we had like 21 million people watch this last year and now Mm -hmm. it's in Vegas and it's going to be all of those people on stage with some of the other biggest gamers in the world as well um, at the same time. And for three days, esports takes over Vegas. And that's such a, a powerful and cool statement to be able to say in 2022. 
You know, one last question from me. Uh, obviously, this has been a heck of a run so far and only getting better. When you started out, like, and, and I know that the, the, there was always that vision, always the goal to, to create something compelling uh, and amazing, but to think where you are now, uh, back to those early days of planning, did you think you'd get there this quickly? And, and what were those early days like on, on just kind of envisioning what this could become and, and where you wanted it to go? Um, the, the honest answer is uh, no, effectively. Like, <laughs> I still we still have to pinch ourselves now to understand like how we've landed into this position. And I don't I don't want to take away anything from the hard work that the team have put in in sacrificing way too many hours of their lives to keep this thing going to con- consistently elevate it and build it into a property worthy of the Resorts World Theatre stage. Uh, but it, but it's hard going, and and we had a startup mentality for the first five years of this business, and the only mm-hmm. thing that kept us going was that overarching vision of what this can be, and also what it means. I mean, the first year we ran this thing, it had eighty thousand viewership and around seven thousand votes from the community, and we were popping champagne because we were like, wow, eighty thousand people care about what we do, and care about this awards platform we've put together, and that was an insane concept back then, and. Every year, we have to have that take stock moment where it's like we've gone from 80,000 people in 2016 watching to over 21 million in 2021, which is just absolutely insane. But comes from, I think, being in check in the first point, like we care about this industry, we've grown up in it, we've Mm -hmm. watched and, and wanting to add that elevation where possible. Like, how do we take this to the next level? How do we build something that resonates and all of those different things that are so important? Um, to stay the course with it because there were tough times like London was a real sweep because there were these really quickly growing metrics but there was also the understanding that this was becoming a global property uh, without global budgets and without global global presence and then uh, then came the call from Texas in 2019 of we want you you're coming to Texas type thing and this whole new adventure that was terrifying where we're building infrastructure 6,000 miles from home and we don't know anyone's name <laughs> we're still working out like hang, hang on how do we end up here and what do we do like how do we make the most of this we're we're at the world's first purpose-built esports stadium and we're having to work out how we put on an experience big enough and befitting enough of that venue and we're almost back there again but i think we, we've never lost that mindset of starting again from a new vantage point like we always say this thing of being at year zero and finding ways of staying afloat staying in business doing mm-hmm. some really cool stuff and we've been very 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 fortunate that the industry has always been so supportive of the measures we've put in place we have a panel of 75 brilliant people that spearheaded by bryce blum who give far too much of their free time to the adjudication process to the overall panel process of how each and every one of the award winners is decided alongside such good positive sentiment from people along the years that have co-streamed the awards or promoted the awards and just helped us to continue to survive and exist and hopefully this is a payoff for all of them as well to showcase actually all that hard work turned into resorts world vegas as a destination that we now get to all enjoy and actually this staple attraction that is a representation of this industry growing up and hopefully hitting the mainstream a little bit as well 
Yeah, but super excited. Cannot wait. Uh, again, Michael, tell us where can where can people go? When is the event uh, leading up to it? Lay it all on us, brother. Ah, oh, so see, this is the bit I'm meant to be able to do, and my PR team need to help me out a little <laughs> bit more. On it's like I get on here, I get really passionate, I get to talk about what I love. And it's like, okay, Mike, do the plug, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but t- tickets are available over at esportsawards.com forward slash tickets. The event takes place from December 11th through 13th, so your golf day is on the 11th, your lifetime achievement mixer is on the 12th, and then the full all singing, all dancing ceremony is on the 13th we can't wait to welcome as many of you as possible to the awards it's it's going to be a fun one it's situated at a good time in the calendar where all competitive tournaments will have finished um so no excuse really Absolutely. I, I, we are pumped. Vegas is pumped. We can't wait to see, uh, again, all the hard work that you guys are putting in for this event. Uh, again, a three day event it is going to be amazing. Thank you so much, Michael, for coming on the show and letting us know. We really appreciate it, my friend. No, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed the podcast. Look forward to the next one. Definitely. Absolutely. Yes. Lucas, uh, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Not much should be another relaxing one, thankfully. Uh, yeah. get a, um, <clears throat> so it, it's funny. So, before I played uh, Shredder's Revenge, I had jumped back into mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, so now okay. that I'm kind of in that beat-em-up mood, <clears throat> I still might finish my, <laughs> my second playthrough of Scott Pilgrim. So that might be it for me. What about you? Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing, uh, crazy. Obviously I'm still doing my destiny grind. And then, um, other than that though, I haven't really focused too heavily on one particular game. I've kind of been b- bouncing around. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I, I got to tell you guys, I played, uh, I played some dynasty warriors six the other day and I totally forgot how hard that game is. <laughs> I couldn't get past the first solo campaign. Oh my goodness, Ryan. I know. I was just like, what is going on? I was like, I remember this being way easier back in the day. So I'm going to have to take some time and and do some grinding on that so I can regain my pride. Because I felt foolish after that <laughs> other than that though I'm, I'm just keeping it I'm, I'm keeping it pretty chill so we hope you guys also keep it chill thank you guys again so much for listening don't forget hit us up on the tweeters at land parties pod at lucas Hagen or at smitty 2447 uh we'll be talking more of course again about the uh, nintendo direct uh next week i'm sure uh, once we get some more info in in terms of that we hope you guys though have a great rest rest of your week thank you so much again for listening and you know what it is we love your faces